0: The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God is never late, is working all things out. excited to see you here. Thank you for joining us in worship this morning. If you're joining us online, thank you for tuning in. We're glad you're here as well. If you would take a quick second, just greet the people around you. Let them know how excited and happy you are to see them here this morning.
1: I still think about, you know, I think about the Old Testament times where Pastor Bill had to come in here and had to kill an animal. (laughs) But that's done, it's finished. Hallelujah, because of Jesus, the ultimate lamb of God. Hallelujah. We're going to continue our worship now with our tithes and offerings. Praise God. Aren't we blessed to be able to bring back a portion of what he's given us? If you have it with you today, lift it up. If you've given it already, lift it up in spirit and repeat these words. As I give, I believe that the God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will multiply and increase the fruit of whatever I sow today. That giving is an act of worship to be done willingly, cheerfully, and generously. That the Lord will cause his blessings to come upon me and overtake me as the windows of heaven are open. That God will rebuke the devourer for my sake and he will not destroy the fruits of my ground. Therefore, I will honor the Lord with the fruits of all my increase, so shall my barns be filled with plenty, and my presses shall burst out with new wine, amen.
0: I've seen its power unravel battles right in front of me. There's a faith that stands defiant, since Goliath to his knees. Seen as praise unraveled shackles right off my feet. Cause that's the power of your name. Just a bitch, it makes a way. Giants fall and strongholds break, and there is he. It's the same that rolled the grave There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus There's a hope that calls out courage This son of prey, the kind of daring expectation that every prayer.
2: a bright future and God has so much in store for us. We need to wake up and see what he has and not what the world has for us. What he's got in store for us and not what the world because, you know, as the world waxes worse, then we should be getting stronger and we should be able to be seeing all that we have that we can do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you this day for your word. I thank you for your anointing upon your word. I thank you for the words that I say would be the words that you would have me to say, it. and Lord, that I would speak it with wisdom and with boldness and with power, and I thank you for that this morning, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to serve you and the opportunity to speak your name, and I give you all the praise, the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You know, I um, want to thank everybody for praying for my dad. I The plan is he's supposed to come home tomorrow so praise the Lord. Everything went good with his procedure he had and um, thank the Lord for that and thank you guys for praying for us while we were on vacation And God did some good things and we had a good time. Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, a couple of weeks ago I tried to start this sermon and then it just kind of went to something else so I'm going to ask you again this morning what do you have? You might say, what do you mean, what do I have? Well, what do you have? A lot. (laughs) That's good. Amen? I am going to go ahead and read this scripture, 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. It says, One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me what do you have in the house. Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Wow. So what did she have? A little bit of oil, which at the time, you know, she didn't count it as important. It's just a little bit old. That's all I got. What's, what you, you know? And she, it was, it was interesting too that she didn't really ask him for help. She just told him what was going on. But he's like, "Well, how can I help you?" And and then he asked that question. You know, what do you have in your house? Like, what do you have? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your life that God can use? I um. Or something that you just really hadn't noticed. You didn't think it was important. Well, you were like the widow. And you know what? You might be like the widow, and you might be ignorant of what you have. And you know what that means. That's not a, a bad. It just means you don't know. And she—but if you will seek God and seek his face— he can lead you to what can make a positive change in your life. So, you know, great things might come from small beginnings. Mostly, I think they do. <laughs> we like to look to the outside. So in 2 Kings 4.2, the first part of the verse, I've got two a it says, What can I do to help you, Elisha asked? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she replied, Nothing at all. Nothing at all. So in her mind, all she could see was the bad situation. All she could focus on and think about was what could happen, what's going to happen. This, this creditor is going to come and take my sons away from me. And that's how I'm going to pay the debt. And I don't have anything else. All she could see was what she didn't have. She didn't look at what she has, and I'll say this probably a few times, but what do you have in your life that God can use that maybe you think it's just not worth using? I believe that we all have talents. We all have abilities. We all have Things in our lives that we can use that we don't think we have a lot of. Right? In other words, well, that's nothing. You know, I can't do this or I can't do this. or I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that. But there's something that God can use that's in you. Amen? And if we will allow him to, he can expand it and expound it just like he did her little bit of oil. It just kept growing and growing and growing until she was able to pay her debt and have enough to live off of. That's pretty awesome, right? And see, God can do that in our lives, not just monetarily, but in every situation, us as people. And, um, you know, you don't need to underestimate the potential that God has put in your life. You know, there's two kinds of energy. There's potential and kinetic. There's one that potentially it's there, but kinetic is moving, it's going. You, you've changed. You need to change that potential to kinetic. You need to change from one to the other as it goes forward. You know, something that you might think that's not useful or not important might be the answer to your breakthrough when you got something going on. It might be the answer to your breakthrough. What, you know, I, how many of you want? Need a, got a little place you need a breakthrough at? Anybody? I think we all do have places that we need breakthroughs, and sometimes we we want to um, we want to look for God to just do a big miracle from somewhere when He's right here with us. Not saying He can't, and He does sometimes, but a lot of times it's there, and we just need to get rid of. We need to realize, oh wait a minute, God might can use this. God could use this. What if this turns my whole life around? What if this takes care of my debt, just like her? And it takes care of my, it took care of her, not only her debt, but her future, right? He said, you and your sons now going to have enough to live off of. That was some good old, wasn't it? <laughs> and she didn't even know it. And there was a miracle there. It God kept it flowing. Got bigger and bigger and more and more and more until... And you know what the thing of it was? It got enough to it was enough. Only God knew when that was enough. So when she collected all that stuff, there it was, that was enough. So there might be something little uh, unnoticed item, unnoticed whatever. So you need to ask God, open my eyes to see what I have that you can use. You might be praying for God to do something and you might need a miracle. There could be something inside of you or in your house, whatever, that's just waiting to be fed or to blossom or to turn into what needs to be. You know, her breakthrough came from a little bottle of oil or a little jar of oil, whatever it was. You know, oak trees, they get pretty big, right? Right? We got some near our houses. One at my used to be my great aunt's house. That was the original home place for the knights in area. And it's humongous. It takes several people just to put their arms around it. Well, you know how it started. A little acorn. You know how big a little acorn is. They're about big as the end of your finger. But it was planted, and a lot of times by God, they just go everywhere. But it, nobody decided to cut it down at an early stage. They let it grow, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it provides a lot of shade. So, big things, you know, they can come. You, see, we need to look at what God has. You can miss a lot of things when all you look at is the impossibility, you miss a lot. Well, I just don't see no real hope for me. I don't see no way out of it. It's just going to be this way. It's impossible. Don't underestimate the potential of a small thing, what God might can use. Something, like I said, that you might not see as useful. Don't underestimate it. Amen. And the second part of that verse says, then she said, except, isn't it interesting, she, well, except the flask of oil, olive oil, in other words, I got a little bit of olive oil, but she's probably in her mind thinking, but, you know, what can that do? She mentioned what first? Nothing at all. And she said, well, I do have, it's kind of like, well, I do have this little thing right here. Now, let me ask you a question. Say that, You know, maybe you need a breakthrough in your finances, and you're like, "Well, I don't really have it." But you know, I got this little penny here. It's a 1943 copper penny. That's just not much. You know what that's worth now? I don't even know. It's worth a lot when I was coming up. It's worth a lot more now because they only made so many of them. They made metal. They made them out of some kind of metal other than that. But that could be your breakthrough. And You know, everybody has an area of weakness, right? There is a place where everybody has this little area of weaknesses, but we can't focus on that, right? We don't need to focus on that little part. If we focus on that, we focus on our insufficiencies and all that kind of stuff, we'll just get defeated time and time again. And we won't recognize and appreciate what we have that can become, just because it's small, don't mean it's not strong. Just because it's a little thing. You know, when pe- a lot of times when people, a lot of people ha- don't handle stressful situations real good. They panic. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, what was the little, um. Henny-penny or whatever, the sky's going to fall in? Y'all remember that little story? Chicken little. little. Okay, there you go. The fall's going to, the sky's falling in, the sky's falling in. And you know what? What happens in that case when you can't look at yourself? You panic, and you eventually start to look to outside resources to supply your need. You start thinking, well, you know, if I can go... I could go talk to this guy. He's got a lot of money. He'll help take care of my needs. Well, that's the wrong thing to do. Unless God told you to do that, then you go ahead and do it. But what I'm saying, the outside sources, outside of God, are not going to solve <clears throat> those problems and not going to give you real... You know what breakthrough is? Breakthrough isn't just something great that happens one time. Breakthrough is something that happens and stays. Amen? It happens And it stays. Because because when you, I want to read this statement, Dr. Dan Cheatham. Don't know a whole lot about him. But he's talking about lack. And this is, and he's talking about, I think, in the um, probably monetary sense. But let's think about it that way and maybe us or maybe whatever. But listen to this. Until lack becomes despicable to you, and until you view lack as a wicked, evil thing from the pit of hell, you will continue to tolerate it. It's a pretty little strong statement, right? In the same way they view um, lack, one must view lack and poverty as, as something that's not great, the same way as you view sin. Ask anyone living in a third world, underdeveloped country, if there's one good thing they can say about poverty and lack. Lack causes starvation, bankruptcy, failure, and only brings stress. Lack robs human dignity and creativity. If, if you only look at the lack maybe in your life, there's a part of your life that's lacking or whatever you want to say. It'll get, rob your dignity. and your. You can't be creative if you don't think you've got anything to create or to create from. You know, one time when I was in Nicaragua, I I don't remember when I first went or whatever, but these little kids, they were in the midst of lack and poverty, but I saw one of them's toy that they made. They took some wire and made a truck out of it. Is that creative? They took what little bit they had and made trucks and made cars, and that was their toys. They weren't waiting for me to come and give them a new toy, our new Tonka toy. Do they still have Tonka toy? Trucks and stuff? I guess. I found two of mine a while back that I had when I was a kid. Somebody said, you want to sell them? I'll buy them from you. I said, no. Um, so, we have to do some things in our life in order to see God move and to God show us what we have that we can turn into what We'll take care of it. First, we have to adjust her focus. As I said, all she was focused on was what she didn't have, right? She um, was conditioned to see what she didn't have. Her husband had passed away. He had evidently mounted up some debt, and he didn't have any life insurance. I guess there's no way to pay it so all she could see was I lost my husband he made this debt and now I'm going to lose my two sons That that's a pretty heavy load right but that's all she could focus on but thank God that her husband evidently was uh, mentored by Elisha and so she just told Elisha she didn't go and say, help me, tell me what to do. She just said, this is what's going on in my life. I just thought I'd let you know. And lo and behold, the prophet had something to tell her. Sometimes we need to find out who we need to go to. We need to go and just say, you know, this is what's happening. He didn't give her anything, but he showed her what she had that she could use to take care and to give her her breakthrough and take care of her, her place. We can be what's called like a broke minded or, or, or lack minded. And that, in that thing, you'll live your life with constant fear and the knowledge that you don't have enough or you're going to run out. You got to adjust your focus and look at what God has, change your focus. Look at what God can do versus what you don't have. He can take the smallest thing and make something great out of it. So, listen to the statement. You need to face difficult times with the expectation that God will intervene for you, not woe is me. You don't need to say, whoa, well, I ain't got nothing. And see, that's the way she was thinking. I don't have anything. Thank God she went to the prophet so he could change her outlook. But at the last second, but, you know, I do have a little oil. That's all he needed. That's it. She finally recognized that she did have something, which she probably didn't think it was worth anything, but God was able to use it to take care of her need. Doesn't it sound like God? Amen? Doesn't it sound like God? See, he knows our need before we ever even ask him. He knows everything. And he is ready to step in the middle of of that terrible situation. He's ready. He's waiting for us most of the time to ask him. And like I said, you don't always need to be looking for some great big miracle. I hear people, I hear Christians, if I could just win the lottery, well, when is that going to happen? How much money are you going to spend trying to win that lottery? But if we can say, God, you know, what do I have? What do I have that you can use to turn my life around? It might be um, your knowledge of something, right? It might just be your knowledge of something, your creativity. And I, I don't put it past it being some oil or something that God can just multiply, multiply, multiply and meet your need. When God, God encourages you to take a look at what you have, maybe today you can be encouraged take a look at what I have. What can I do? And God says, I've been waiting for you to do that. I've been waiting for you to take a look. Now I'm going to tell you what to do, and this is how you do it. You know, you need to look at that little bit of oil, look at the container that holds it, and say, That, this is the beginning of my hope. This is the beginning of my hope that will bring me out of the desperation that I'm in, the place that I'm in. This is the beginning. That little flask of oil. I don't know how big it was. It said small, so it couldn't be that big, especially to take care of all her debts and then sustain she and her sons. I mean, that was a lot. But that could be the beginning of your hope. There may be something in your life that God's. If you just look, if you would just look, you know, I've been in situations when I've been doing repair work and stuff and I'm like oh man what can I do to fix this I don't know that I have anything on my van and I go in there and there's this little something I say, you know what I think I can use that I've done that before and I was able to use it to fix the problem at least temporarily fix it you know what I'm saying sometimes you in, in doing with electrical and heat and there sometimes you just need to jump something and let it work until you can come back and put the real part back in it. <laughs> but in her despair, you know, she told Elisha, and he was like, What do you have? First thing out of his mouth, what did you got? Just remember that could be the beginning of help. Then we need to realize that God in John 10:10. 10, 10, God said this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God says, I came that you might have abundant living. Right? You might have more than just enough, like she did. She ended up having more than enough. She just didn't know where to look to find it. She looked at everything else and everybody else and, you know, maybe if I could just get a bigger job or a better job or, you know, three jobs or whatever. But she look, was looking in the wrong place. And we do that so many times. And in Ephesians 3.20, I mean 3.20 and 21, he said, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever Amen. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, anything we can think about. He's able to take that small thing and get above and beyond whatever we we thought it could do. More. So we need to think about and realize that God, G, God, Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. To be able to look at life in a great attitude. Verse 4, 3 through the first part of, I mean, chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4 again. Verses 3 through the 4a, I'm calling it. And, and Elijah said. So, First, he told her to look at what she had. And then he said, "Bar as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into the house with your sons and shut the door. Now, first, I want to say something about the first part of that. Here's a lady who her husband has run up a bunch of debt. Who wants to lend her anything? Think about it. Think about what she might have thought about. It. Well, God, My husband's done borrowed all this stuff. And most of them know it. I've already voiced it. So, who's going to let me have anything? She went and did it. And then he said, Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Why shut the door? Who were they shutting out? Doubt and unbelief. I'm going to give you two examples out of the scripture. I don't have it back there. So just listen. You know, in um, 2 Kings 4 8 through 37, also records the story of the death of a young son of a well-to-do woman when Elisha entered the room where the boy's body lay. He shut the door on his servant and and it distressed the mother, but he raised the boy to life. Matthew 9, 18 through 26, you can read how Jesus raised raised a young girl from the dead, but he first closed the door on the skeptical crowd. See, in the first one, Elijah didn't want the, the distress of the mother to distract him from getting hold of God. And in the second one, Jesus just shut out the noisy, mocking crowd. Sometimes we got to do that. I you know, even though the, 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 even though the widow had gotten... A lot of support from the neighbors. I'm sure there were skeptical ones that were like, yeah, right. Why, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. They sh- and, and also the creditor was on the way. He might have been shutting him out too. <laughs> so we couldn't just get there and walk in on what was, God was getting ready to do. What if he showed up faster than she could fill up the vessels of oil? You know, sometimes we need to shut out others to be more open to what God wants to do in our lives. There are people that are skeptical, they're disrespectful of what you believe, and they don't encourage your faith, right? And I don't want to say something about that. I hear a lot. I don't post a lot of stuff on social media. And I don't post, well, I don't want you to pray for this, pray for that necessarily. You know why a lot of times? It's because all the skeptic, those that don't believe like me, all the skepticals out there going, well, I ain't going to do nothing, blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't want that. We don't need to throw that. The Bible tells you don't throw your pearls before the swine. And some people might like, you. well, they'd be like, what are you saying that for? I'm just telling you. Not that I don't want prayer, but I want people that believe and that believe like I do to pray for me. Not people that are got all these wild out ideas out there. Oh, pray for me and you got 14,000 people praying for you and half the majority of them aren't even Christians. What do you want them praying for you for? What do you want people that don't believe God can do anything to pray for you? I don't want that in my life. I tell, I, I share with people that I know will pray and I know that believe. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, you know, and I hear people all the time, we have to watch what we're letting into our hearts and our ears and our spirits. And we need to speak life to ourselves and not doubt. You know, Some people don't. I believe there's a lot to what you say. And, um, you know, my dad, he's an inspiration to me. When they told him, they put in this new kind of pacemaker thing. I don't even know what they called it. But it goes in your heart. They put it in the ventricle of your heart. And the doctor told him, he says, and it usually lasts about 12 years. Well, my dad would be 92 July the 30th. And you know what he said? Well, I probably won't need but two more, will I? What, you know, what kind of attitude? And he's getting ready to come home tomorrow. I'm telling you, that makes a lot of difference. And he said, well, I don't know if I'll make it that long, but I'll accept it. No, no. He has the right attitude. And, and then the doc, he said, well, Doc, when can I go about my duties? And he said, your duties, what are your regular duties? I mean, he's not, he said, well, I cut the grass. I change the oil in my car. I do this, I do that. And he said, hmm, probably about a week or two. He wants to get back to what he does, right? Let's pray I have that. Amen. So what were they shutting out? They were shutting out all that. And they were focusing on what God told them to do, right? This is what God told me to do. He said, shut that door. Don't allow that in. You know, somebody be like, why are you pouring it in that one? Can you imagine what would be said? Why are you pouring it in that one? That one don't look like it holds much. I wouldn't be pouring nothing. Get that big one back there. No. Right? Is that not what people do? Why are you doing that? Another thing is you got to use what God has given you. Amen? You know, some people think, it, well, I don't need to show off my talents and abilities because of what Romans 12.3 says. But, yeah, but we don't need to be haughty and proud about it. But we need to do what God has called us to do and use what God has given us to use. You know, see how the enemy can take a scripture and turn it around? He's just saying don't be haughty about it. Don't think. That you're great when you're not. We don't need to be conceited, but we don't need to ignore what God has given us and that we can do what he's told us to do. If you, know, if you go into doing any job, you can ask Ray, like, and if you go and say, well, I'm just not sure. You're not going to do a good job probably, right? You are who God has made you. And you need to understand that. And you need to understand that you can do stuff that some, not everybody can. Everyone in this room. You have a talent that somebody else doesn't have. No, how, no matter how small you might think it is. So use what God has given you because it's already in the house. He didn't tell her to go out and find another. He did tell her to find some more stuff to put what she had in. But it was already in the house. What she needed was already in her house. She was fretting and worried and concerned and thinking her sons were going to be gone. And it was already there. Wherever she had it sitting, in the cupboard, in the kitchen. Or just in the floor. I don't know. You know what? God comes to us a lot of times in the very ordinary, just the simplest Basic way, and we want the thunder. And you, you remember, um, was it Elijah? I forgot. Sorry, but when he said he was looking for every for God in the thunder and in this, he said it's not in any of that. It's in the still small voice. And it, it, you know, and I think one reason. Is because if that's what we grasp for and we see that and it happens, then we look for that all the time. And then people begin to say, well, you know, where's it at now, buddy? (laughs) Where's it at now, buddy? It's already in the house. Amen? So you know what you need to do? You need to look in your house and see what's there. Look in this house and see what's there. And I'm talking about spiritually, physically. That might be something in your house that you didn't even know was there that you can use physically. But I'm sure there's something down here on the inside of you that you're not using that you need to pull up and use. And God could change everything around you. All of it. You know that God has pulled things out of me that I didn't even know I had. I thought, well, God's blessed me in this area so I can do this. And then all of a sudden, somebody asked me to do something. I said, well, I ain't never done that. And then I realized that it's in there. You know, some things are the same but not the same. You hear what I'm saying? If you know how to do one thing, a lot of things work that same way. It's just something a little bit different. You can pull from that and go to the different. So look in your house and see what's there. You know what? Then you you need to prioritize. You need to make priority certain things. Whatever God tells you need to need to do, that should be priority. Not everything else, right? You say, like, well, you know, she could have said, well, you know, Elisha, that's good, but you know that requires a lot of running around, working, sending my sons out, bringing all this stuff back in. Why can't there just be a miracle out there? Well, there was a miracle there. She just wasn't wanting to look. You know, she could have been wanting to look in the wrong place. Looking for somebody to come in and go. Sorry. (laughs) Not really. But it's the truth. And you know what? We need to have a passion. A passion for what we need. A passion for what God has put inside of us and to use it. I want to use everything that God has put inside of me. And, I, and, and, you know, I had to repent this morning. You know, it's something when you, when you go and get up in this pulpit, you kind of like start thinking about things you did this week. And like, Lord, I got to repent of that. I wasn't really. And, and things that went against what your sermon's talking about, that's really. Lord. <laughs> so I had to backtrack some things this week and repent. And I had to start having a passion for what God has for me. A passion. And, and there's something there that will work for the situation. So we need to have passion. And then we need to look for the provision. The passion and the provision. God has, says he will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. He's already put it there most of time. We just got to look for it. There's the provision right there. Oh, there it is right there. (laughs) God can use what you have to provide what you need. You know, when I was coming up, I remember, my mom would do stuff like this too, but I remember when I was in school. See, when I was in school, we had real lunches back then like real meals like I used to love Thanksgiving because they made some of the best turkey and dressing you ever had and if I could get a second helping, I would (laughs) but you know what they would do we always thought about was it by Friday we had this soup that had everything we'd had all that week (laughs) anybody ever had that and sometimes my mom would do this she would take stuff and she'd I think that's how vegetable soup came about. Well, we got a little bit of this left over and a little bit of this. But they took what they needed. God provided from what they had. He provided what they needed. He had provision. Amen? And it's already in the house, as I said. It's already there. It's already in the house. We just need to look for it. And you know another thing we need to do? We need to learn to obey God and get busy doing what he says to do. She could have not, like I said, she could have not got busy, but she immediately went, went to the neighbors, got all the pots and whatever's flask and bowls and whatever she could get, and she went home and she shut the door, right? She went and did what God told her to do through the Elisha. that's one of our weakest things sometimes is obeying god because sometimes we think it's foolish what's going to come out of that you know if you really think about it in some ways when you go to plant that little seed you ever planted okra it's little stuff but it grows pretty big but when you first plant it you know if you thought about what, what is this going to do it's just a little teeny round seed i'm putting it in the dirt what's it going to do It's going to cause whatever's in that dirt to do what it's supposed to do to make that seed grow. And if you don't keep up with it, they'll get this big and it won't be any good to eat. We need to obey God and get busy doing what he says. Amen? Because you know what? Inactivity results in an inability to believe and receive. Write that down. Inactivity results in an inability to believe and receive. In other words, if you don't do nothing, you're not going to be able to believe and receive for nothing. If you don't do nothing, you're probably not going to get any results. Except bad results. Right? If you want to... um, Get a lot of muscles. If you don't go exercise, you're not going to have those muscles. Right? And I suggest the younger you are, you keep doing it. Because the older you are, it gets worse. It gets harder. And you end up with a furniture disease. (laughs) Anybody know what the furniture disease is? Your chest drops down in your drawers, and then it's done. (laughs) It's hard to get it back out. Sorry, but... Is it true, Ray? <laughs> wow. Inactivity results in the ability to believe and receive. God will lead you to what will make a positive change in your life. If you will listen to him and you will do what he says, he will lead you to something that will make a positive change in your life. Right? A positive change in your life. If you'll listen to him, God will lead you to that. <laughs> See, God wants to us to learn how to make it in this life. He said, you know, John 16:33, again, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. And, you know, sometimes I want to add to that. And if you will listen to me, if you will listen to what I say and what I've said, you'll understand how to have that life. But if you don't listen, you won't. Listen to this statement. That ordinary thing that you have that you count as nothing when the power of God comes upon it, then you can be sure of extraordinary breakthrough. If you... Take the ordinary thing and allow God to do what He wants to do with it. It's like that seed. When His power comes upon that seed, when the ground hits the seed, they mix together and it pops up and grows. I I, I planted four tomato plants and I planted them in these barrel half barrels. And I don't know how many tomatoes I got. I lost some this week. You know, when you go, it's so, it's so sad. You go on vacation and. Then my dad usually takes care of them. He he wasn't there, and nobody was there to take care of them. And they did all right, but bef- you know, but I I mean I probably gathered there's been probably seventy five tomatoes off of those four little things. I got cucumbers that had to throw them out because they got as big as your arm. You know, cucumbers aren't good when they get that big. But see. I had to plan them, and I could have said, well, you know, why plant them? They don't look too promising. But that ordinary thing you have that you count as nothing, when it mixes with the power of God, it can bring you extraordinary breakthrough. That little thing, that little thing. You know what? And nothing is too small to make a big difference in your life. Nothing. Sometimes the small things are the best things. The small things make a big difference in your life. So it boils down to this. What you need is a word from God. What you need is a word from God. What you need to do is hear what God is saying Because one word from God can completely change your world. Don't look at everything else. Don't look at everybody else. Here listen for God to speak. God can show you through someone else like Elijah. God can speak directly to you and say right here. You know when um, I saw what God did in our youth it was a small thing oh it's going to a Little whatever, well, God changed some lives. Not only in them, but in the leaders. And um, so God can change your life and change your world if you will just hear him. You know what? The prophet didn't give her not one thing except a word from God, right? Isn't that all he gave her? She didn't really ask for help. He said, well, how can I help you? And she told him, he said, well, here's what you do. Gave her a word, a word from God, and she did it. And look what God did. Not only did He supply the immediate need, but He gave her future need. You know, Elijah did in First Kings seventeen. Elijah did something similar. He had a widow woman at oil, and he just asked her to share it with him. It was her last bit? She was going to make bread, put a little bit. She had a little bit of oil. She was going. to Make her some biscuits. We'll say biscuits. I don't know what she's going to make. Tortillas, whatever. And she said, we're going to eat that and die. He said, well, make me some first. And she, you know, what kind of statement was it? Make me some. Who are you? I am told you I'm going to die, and you want me to make you some? But she was obedient. She did it, and guess what? She was taken care of. She heard the word from God. You know, we don't ever need to underestimate the anointing of God upon our lives and upon somebody else's to speak to us never underestimate that ever never 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 ever ever never see god often mixes faith with the tangible and it creates something right our faith mixed his faith in us mixed with the tangible you know that little lady she thought well i just don't have anything i don't have any anything to mix but she did she just didn't know it she hadn't looked in the right place she didn't see that oil as a resource you know what and it was mixed with what a practical step just go out and get all the borrow these whatever you can as many as you can from your neighbors and just start what kind of faith did it take for her to do that to start with, like I said, when probably a lot of them knew her husband was in debt, and they let her borrow him. And then what faith it took for her to pour that first one. Well, this, this is bigger than what I got. What's that going to do? And then she kept pouring. You know what? you know how God built her, built her faith is she kept pouring and pouring and pouring, and she was probably getting, oh, I must do this all night. I don't know how many she had, how long it took her. But she did it she had what she needed now i've been i, I do these little um let me read this first about this is by os hillman he's from uh, i think britain or somewhere like that listen to this because I I, I I do these little um we call those things they're like little studies that you can do through the Version Bible little plans. And there's some really good ones in there. But listen to what he, he said. Quite often we forget that God works through commerce to provide our needs. Sometimes he does. Most of us, that's the way we get what we got. But sometimes we must combine commerce with faith. It is wrong to place total trust in commerce without faith in God. Amen. Because that commerce will let you down sometimes. God often requires simple obedience to an act that seems ridiculous to the logical mind. It is this faith mixed with the practical that God honors. So what do you have in your hand that God can multiply this morning? What do you have that God can multiply? Now, I want to read. These are some decrees that he gave. Y'all know what declarations are, right? And I... I, I spoke these again this morning, but I spoke them the first time. And just listen to them. They're positive, good things to speak over your life. And I, they're in my notes. If you got my notes, they should be on the back page, the last page. If you don't have them, um, I don't know if they're on. I didn't redo the QR code, so you can get them out there. Get, tell Darren to print you one, whatever. I forgot about the, changing it in the QR code. The first one is, I will have all I need each day because my God promises to provide for every need that I have through his riches in Christ Jesus. I will use what I have in my hand to multiply my provision needed daily. I will trust God to give me witty inventions, things that I can do that I didn't know. I will refuse to lean on my own understanding, but acknowledge God so he can direct me in all my ways. I will abound in every good work God has entrusted to me god is jehovah jireh my provider in all things no weapon formed against me shall prosper god shall make all grace abound toward me in all my endeavors i will always have all sufficiency in all things and may have abundance for every good work wherever i go i will have favor there's a 10 declarations that are really good if you want to look in the new version and look him up and it's speaking over your life It, it was just awesome So, what do you have this morning? What do you have? You know, I, I hear people talk about things and say things, and sometimes I see it on Facebook, and they're like, well, I was expecting this horrible thing to happen. Why are you expecting something horrible to happen? I, I don't understand that. I guess I was brought up different or made up. But why are you expecting this wind to blow your house down or this hurricane to come and wipe you out or just whatever. I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting God to protect me or show me where to go to be protected or if i got a cellar, get down in it. So what, let's stand this morning. What do you have? I want you to think about that this morning. I want you to close your eyes and for the next five minutes, I want you to think about what do I have? I don't know what the situation is. It might be a situation with your family. It might be a situation in your job. It might be a situation with your finances. It might be a situation spiritually. It might be a situation at work or wherever. Think about it.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: As you're thinking about it, I say, Lord, you know, bring us to remembrance, all of us, what we might have that we can use. How can we be obedient to what you say and not just to what we say or we think? How awesome is God? How awesome is His mercy towards us? You say, well, maybe I messed up in the past. I hadn't done this and I hadn't done that. Hadn't. We have a forgiving God. All you got to do is repent. He'll forgive you. Repent. Start walking in a different direction. Turn around and go the right direction. Thank you, Lord. our remembrance. Show us what we have, Lord. And may we be obedient to trust you and obedient to do what you said for us to do the way you said for us to do it. Thank you, Father. God. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray for every person in this room and every person listening online. Lord, just show us what we have that you can use and that you want to use and maybe has been there for a long time we just didn't realize it Lord may we get into your word deeper may we hear your voice stronger may we listen to your voice and cut out all the other voices shut the door on the voices that would speak contrary to you or your word Father I thank you for what you have in store for us all and what you have for us to do. Father, you're a mighty and awesome God, and I believe every word that you've spoken is true. So, Lord, I just lift up this morning those that have things happening in their lives, issues physically, mentally, spiritually, in every way, I just pray, Lord, we just lift those up to you, Lord, that you just would give us wisdom. We would listen and we would hear. Father, we thank you for those that need your prayers, that that are physically have something in their body, Lord. We just lift them up to you this morning. And we thank you, Lord, for touching them. And give those around them, Father, the strength to lift them up and encourage them, Father. Thank you for your healing power. We give you all the praise and the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Men. Darren's going to come up here and give us some announcements, but he he's going to show us a video. And we met this pastor in, in Nicaragua, and now we're going to go help him. And it was just an awesome video that he sent. And i just excited about what God has for us. Amen? Amen.
1: Um, that's the truth. Amen. Um, we went out to his place. He's, he's, he does a huge ministry to helps kids, and and uh, it was really cool out there. Um, he forgot to bring the fans, and so uh, poor Pastor Rick had to preach for over an hour in that heat. It was fun. Um, I don't think we had any dry clothes on us when we left there, but but we were blessed, very blessed. Ladies, Tuesday night six thirty, Mooyah Burgers, Sycamore Commons, and Matthews. Please be there or be square if you have any questions. See Miss Peggy. Saturday workday, 9 a.m. until this coming Saturday. So please be here if you want to help. We're going to do some pressure washing uh, if it's not raining and uh, a couple other projects. Youth Monopoly tournament will be Saturday from 4 to 8 p.m. If you have any questions about that, see Robert. He's not in here, but I'm sure your youths know all about it. So. Uh, please be, uh, be here for that. And the last thing is the uh, mission to Nicaragua. we're going to show the video. We still need to raise um, significant amount um, to finish this project. plus we apparently we're going to build a house as well. so we've got to raise a little money for that. And so I'll get all that to you. But uh, we've only got two weeks. We leave two weeks from this Wednesday. It's hard to believe um, that we are um, it's the 10th of July already. How'd uh, that happen? Uh, we was talking this morning. We'll be putting up Christmas decorations before we know it. And Miss Peggy's excited. <laughs> um, so watch the video. Didn't have a great week. We'll see you next week.
0: Hello, brothers and sisters of image.